1: And there we go. Welcome to the Randy Corcoran program and it is good friend of Randy's Matt Dunn sitting in the Backbone Radio Sunday guy. So honored to be in here for my good buddy boy he and I have a lot of political viewpoints in common. We've been hanging out together Randy and I for many a year stirring up some trouble here and there along the way and i know he's on mission on assignment somewhere or other tonight he'll probably tell you all about it when he gets back but had some people checking in during the break that apparently uh there's been a and i thought i'd get into world war 3 world war 4 and what's the deep state going to do to stop trump this time 2024 election cycle will they cancel the election but there's been a few uh a few uh R. I. I was just talking about Richard Roundtree, age 81, passed away. He was the star of Shaft, which started the whole black exploitation movie genre in Hollywood that Quentin Tarantino sort of leaped into with his Samuel L. Jackson character in, uh, in Pulp Fiction, which was kind of based on Richard Roundtree's Shaft character from the 70s. But I just saw this that looks like... Matthew Perry has passed away, who is one of the stars of Friends. And um, this may have just come out uh, that uh, Matthew Perry, age 54, was found deceased in his jacuzzi, an apparent drowning at his L.A. home. And so that is blowing up big time on the Internet. Only 54 years old I'll tell you. Okay, that that's a sad one. Remember the Friends TV show, right? Friends? Remember Must See TV? And, of course, I never watched Must See TV. But I believe they had Seinfeld. They had Friends. They had ER. They had Frasier. Another show or two in there that was called Must Watch. Like, you're supposed to watch your TV. You must watch it, right? But Friends is one of the um, epical TV shows of my generation, the friends tv show which i probably have watched a total of 8 to 10 episodes of and always found it to be uh, okay okay but i'm just i'm just not a big tv guy sitcom guy but but that 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 show was a big deal jennifer aniston and the rest of the gang so onwards goes matthew perry sad sad news there boy that is a sad one huh and I guess there'll be more information coming out about what happened there. That's completely out of the blue and unexpected. And I also saw that uh Leave It to Beaver, Jerry Mathers has passed away. And he passed away, was that today, October twenty eighth? Yes, I guess he passed away and I'm just gonna I'm trying to look this up here. Maybe it's not even on Wikipedia yet but uh apparently Jerry Mathers no, it's not on Wikipedia yet, which is interesting, so maybe am i s- am I spreading fake news here would i but apparently there's there's talk that Jerry Mathers has passed away, and so uh maybe we'll wait to confirm that one, but I do remember as a kid, can you confirm that one back there did, did that 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 actually happen?
2: Carol called Carol from. Lakewood,
1: okay, and said that that happened, huh? Yeah, I'll call her right okay. now. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's all right. So uh, I don't know if that we had we had somebody call in and tell us this, and I thought I saw, I thought I saw something on the internet, but nope. Maybe that is not there. But so sorry to cause any any uh, trouble for um, for fans of the Beaver Leave It to Beaver, which by the way, that was not a great show. That was one of those that I did see as a little kid. The Leave It to Beaver program and oh what a different America, right? Ward. Wasn't the dad's name Ward? And the big brother Wally. And who who was the kind of wily neighbor kid? Was that Eddie? I want to say his name was Eddie. I'm trying to remember this stuff. Anyway, uh Eddie was always a wild card. You never knew what Eddie was gonna come up with or Eddie was going to do. <laughs> yeah. And uh Oh, and uh, Great American Eric checks in. He's not a fan of Samuel L. Jackson. Great American Eric, how can you not like Samuel L. Jackson? Which, you know, the Pulp Fiction role is an iconic role. But uh, whenever Samuel L. Jackson showed up in any of the Star Wars movies, it wasn't good. I, I didn't like any of the Star Wars movies which were like, what, what do they call them? They, they, were, they went back in time. There were the newer movies that came out in the early 2000s. And Samuel L. Jackson wasn't, wasn't good there. So I'm, I'm, I, I hear you. I hear you, Great American Eric. Uh, he says he hates that guy bigly. <laughs> Feel free to call in, Eric. We can talk about that if you're uh, feeling so strongly about that one. But by gosh... Scott Adams, and we'll get to the topics here. And Oh, by the way, I was supposed to mention, yes, I've practiced dentistry for 24 years, Matt Dunn here, and I and I have started a new dental practice, and I'm excited about it. Just thought I'd just briefly mention it at the top of each hour. I'm over at uh, Holly and Arapaho Road, 303-225-7575, brand new practice with some great people I've known for a couple of decades. I could not be more tickled. And if you ever think that dentistry is not exciting, well, you're you're mistaken. And you practice a couple decades, and you know what? You kind of, you kind of get good at it, and you enjoy caring for people and helping people and improving lives. At any rate, back to uh, Dil, uh, Dilbert, Mike Adams, or make that Scott Adams. Scott Adams has a he's a kind of a ruminative, philosophical kind of guy. And he hosts this sort of YouTube channel, or maybe it's on... I think he got censored off of YouTube. So maybe it's on Rumble. That's where he is now. And he sits there with his cup of coffee, and he pontificates about things. And so um, somebody says he was great in Jackie Brown. Was Richard Roundtree in Jackie Brown? He was? That was him? That was Richard...
2: That was Shaft in Jackie Brown? No, he was talking about Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Oh, Samuel L. Jackson was in Jackie Brown. Okay. Yeah, all right. Tarantino film. Back to Scott Adams. You know, Saturday night, we're having fun. We're bouncing around. We got the fire lit. The snow has fallen. Anyway, Scott Adams says that he just wonders if the Democrats are going to have to cancel the elections of 2024 somehow. Because they obviously have shown that they can't let Trump win another election. They, uh, they, They can't do that. Now, here's what Scott Adams says, quote, I'm trying to imagine what happens if Trump has an insurmountable polling lead over Biden during the summer of 2024, which seems likely. Under that scenario, I see no possibility Democrats would let the election go forward. It would be canceled for some bogus reason. After the Russian collusion hoax and the Hunter laptop hoax, it should be obvious to all of us there are no ethical boundaries in play. I mean, the CIA probably assassinated JFK in my lifetime. We are the same country as then, end quote. And that's a tweet from Scott Adams on October 25th which would be exactly three days ago, 2023. And do any of you have this same thought? I mean, the conflict between Donald Trump and the deep state, Donald Trump and the ruling class has been an epic one. And the deep state has pulled out every amoral, unethical stop to try to block and thwart and lie and hoax and raid Mar-a-Lago and FBI, CIA, all the rest of it, employed, used, DOJ against Donald Trump. All these years, impeachments, I mean, go down the list, and some would say they even threw a virus into the mix in 2020 to try to stop Trump. Would they let a, an election go on? And like, what would they do to stop it? We've talked that there are different things that could happen, like, you know, uh, the Kennedy route, which Scott Adams mentions. they could, you know, there could be an assassination. Um, we need to talk about that openly. I mean, people should be worried about that. Tucker Carlson said he is often worried about that. And he sets up at night worrying about that potential With Donald Trump putting his life on the line for this country, running for the presidency, 2024, going against the power establishment, going against the agencies, what would these people not do? And you look at that history of all of the hoaxes and the elaborate schemes that have been developed by the deep state against Donald Trump, and you just wonder, I mean, what would these people not do? Would there be some pretense under which the 2024 election would be canceled? I think it's a fair question to ask. I think it needs to be talked about. And that's where I start wondering about, would World War III slash World War IV do the trick? I mean, would that do it? I mean, if we're in all kinds of world wars, would they uh, find some pretense or pretext To cancel the 2024 election. No, we can't have an election. This is what they're doing in Ukraine. Yeah, the little dictator in Ukraine guy has canceled elections there because, you know, hey, we're at war. Wouldn't they like to do that here if Trump, again, poll data has him 10, 11 points, a couple of the polls ahead of Biden already right now. And Biden's only getting worse by the day. The economy's getting worse by the day. The world is blowing up worse by the day. American people getting less and less happy by the day with Biden's leadership. Hmm. Trump dominating the primary. I mean, just spanking everybody. Every rhino Republican trying to run against Trump in that primary is just, I mean, Pence just made his exit. He quit. DeSantis is next. DeSantis, man, is that guy hapless. Hapless. He's about out the door, and boy, is he ever irritating on his way down the drain. Losing respect for DeSantis every time he opens his mouth, I have to say it. Weasel, good grief. So what are they going to do? They're going to let just Trump go ahead and run and win? You know, I mean, some people are skeptical of election integrity. Maybe that could be one way to do it. But what if he's so far ahead that they can't quite juggle the numbers enough to get to get Biden back in there or or Newsom or whoever the Democrats put in as the actual nominee. You got to ask this question. And again, that little virus thing, what was that all about anyway? Why was Fauci talking to the CIA about how to how to talk about the virus? I mean, the, you know, that, that came out a while ago. And why is there all this like hidden stuff about American money going into the the lab and China that the virus came out of, where they're saying it was the fish market, but people know it's the lab, the scientists are saying that, and yeah, murky. Isn't that funny? We had that whole thing and how murky all of that was, never really got definitive answers about all that stuff. Now, why is that? Again, there's the stuff you know, the stuff you don't know, and the stuff you don't know, the stuff that isn't clear looms mighty large, and it makes you wonder. Does it not? They used to say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist if you think it came out of that lab, in Wuhan, China, but now that's what the scientists are all saying. It came out of the lab. No no kidding. And we know all this now, and I know I'm kind of repeating stuff that's kind of been settled into the mass consciousness in spite of all the propaganda to the contrary. But I, I wonder about world war, world war. And we've got Elon Musk saying, you know, hey, I mean, we are sleepwalking into World War Three right now. And I call it World War III slash World War IV right now because you've got the Ukraine-Russia thing, and you've got the whole Middle Eastern conflagration, which looks like, boy, that's... And Douglas McGregor, colonel, is out there saying, at this point, it's going to be hard to avoid Armageddon. We'll get to some McGregor here in a minute, but let's hear Elon Musk say this. He's worried about World War Three. I, I think we are sleepwalking our way into World War Three. Sleepwalking our way into World War Three, with, with one foolish decision after another, uh, as, you, as you outlined, David. Um, and, <clears throat> and really, people should be deeply self-reflective. If, they, if their predictions have not come true, they should consider whether perhaps their other predictions might not come true either. I mean, what is the track record here? It's not good, you know. It's funny in in the investing world, you know, in the
3: D.C. world. In which that's what
1: Elon Musk know, we, was we saying operate. that um, hey, Travel- we're sleepwalking into World War Three. Elon's worried. Elon, smart guy, successful guy, probably the most successful guy on the planet right now. I'm glad he bought Twitter slash X. Thank you, great American Eric, for pointing out that it is X now, not Twitter. And um. He's worried about it, and you got this whole, you know, when you start looking into politics and what, what goes on behind the scenes, and I've talked for years about the deep state, and I mean, they have been so determined, and it's an existential threat to the deep state, to the unelected, to the power people behind the scenes, calling the shots in this country if Trump gets in there again. And it seems like we are actively courting World War III, this whole Ukraine thing, that is America courting, courting, and pushing and pushing for World War III, in my opinion. Billion after billion after billion, and for whatever reason, the American ruling class is hell-bent on whatever skullduggery, whatever schemes have been going on afoot in Ukraine, going back probably around a decade now, since 2014, since that revolution that Lindsey Graham, John McCain were over there participating in, cheerleading on in Ukraine. And then you look at, you know, I mean, are there uh, bioweapons labs set up in Ukraine by our own government? You look at the impeachment of Donald Trump over Ukraine, because Donald Trump was getting a little too close to finding out some stuff about Ukraine that, the deep state didn't want him to find out about and you remember you know the prosecutors and shokin and the rest of the names and boy i mean you touch ukraine i mean that's like touching the third rail that's touching a hot potato you don't go there the deep state freaks out when you touch ukraine we couldn't have jim jordan as speaker because he wouldn't guarantee continued billions flowing into ukraine that's how we got Mike Johnson, and he just went on Hannity and said, yeah, we'll keep the money flowing to Ukraine. See, that's a really big deal for the ruling class, this whole Ukraine thing, and I do hope someday somebody writes the definitive treatise of all of the American skullduggery in Ukraine and what's been going on there from 2014, getting that, getting that regime change off the ground, to the impeachment to whatever else has been going on, to all the billions being sent there now, to courting World War III, to maybe actual World War III over this State Department, deep state stunt they're trying to pull over there. I'd love to get to the bottom of all that. Of course, we have not gotten to the bottom of it. So, um, So what would happen? I mean, do you think we can just sail right through and just have a normal election 2024? What are they going to come up with? Every time... You just have to notice, every time Trump starts pulling ahead, Trump starts getting somewhere, they pull out some kind of a new stunt, and next stunt. I mean, they're trying to arrest him, indict him, and do all the rest of it. What else have they got up their sleeve, folks? Because Trump is beating them. Trump is defeating them. He's defeating them in the polls. And every time they try to indict him or raid Mar-a-Lago and all that kind of stuff, it only backfires on the deep state, Okay. So I'm just throwing that out there, and we've got the lines filling up. One line open, 303-696-1971. Why not call in? Let's talk about this. We better take a little break. If you're on the lines, hang on. We're going to get right to everything when we come back from this. It's Matt Dunn. I'm in for Randy Corcoran this evening. There we go. Coming in with some Wilco action here. Matt Dunn in for Randy Corcoran. And by the way, keep it playing, man. Keep it playing, but... We're going to get some updates because Brother Blake behind the glass was at the Wilco concert last Sunday night. We sent him on undercover assignment to be sitting there at Red Rocks up in the stands. And by the way, I have to say one thing first. Beaver is still alive. Beaver lives. I've done an exhaustive search on the Internet, and it looks like Jerry Mathers is still alive. We had somebody call in and say that Beaver passed away and. We were all jolted and freaked out, but it, luckily he's still going. Okay, so sorry, sorry to put that one out there before before we got the full before the full picture emerged. So we're feeling a sense of relief over that. Uh, but R.I.P. Matthew Perry, R.I.P. Richard Roundtree, R.I.P. Suzanne Somers. But uh, we just heard some Wilco and Blake. I've had three or four texts to studio asking how was Wilco? What was it like up there at Red Rocks last week?
2: Well, it turns out that it was actually at Mission Ballroom first. <laughs>
1: it was at Mission Ballroom? Wasn't it Red
2: Rocks? No, yeah. Oh. They played Red Rocks last year, so I was assuming that they were going to play this year. But... Okay,
1: so you did tell me it was at Red Rocks, right? Because I, I wasn't just going errantly on my own and making that up. Good.
2: No, that was my bad there.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for taking the full credit there.
2: <laughs> I always do. So
1: how was the Mission Ballroom?
2: Oh, it was it was awesome. They had an opener. She She was just a folk artist that... Sang her heart out, could make anybody cry with the words that she was saying, and and then and then Wilco laid it down, and it was just a, it was magical, really.
1: Those guys are good, huh? Do they talk to the crowd? Some? Do they emote a little bit? Did they? I don't know. Do they act like rock stars or folk singers, or what's what's their vibe?
2: Very modest. Yeah. And I dig that, you know, when there's so many people singing their songs and cheering them on, and. Jeff Tweedy's just a nice guy and down-to-earth and just a a wonderful person to probably party with, (laughs) to be honest.
1: Right on. Right on. And so, yes, you were undercover on assignment. You had a very discreet mission, and that was to uh, attend the show and give us a report. And uh, I don't know, anything else you might want to add to the report?
2: Yeah, I was wearing a... A fake beard and a bald cap, so I was oh. I was under in disguise. I thought you
1: dressed up like a nun,
2: <laughs> possibly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I had many costumes that night. I suppose.
1: Okay, yeah, well
2: <laughs> it was awesome. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah was I mean you got
1: to cool. go for it when you're doing that kind of thing. <laughs> At any rate, thank you for that excellent report. We're going to have to send you on further uh, further concert missions. Oh yeah, as, as time goes on.
2: I saw the F and G's last night. Who's that? Can I say <laughs> that on the radio?
1: Never heard of them. Never heard of
2: them. They're uh, just a local band that's uh, making it, not making it, but a bit eventually making it. Because I, I thought they threw down. Okay, right on. <laughs> um,
1: we'll get a report on that one as well at some point. But uh, anyway, yeah, Matt Dunham for Randy Corporan, and let's uh, let's get right to saying some hellos. And first in line, Peter in Denver. Peter, glad you are here. Welcome.
3: Matt Dunn, the great articulator. How you
1: doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. We're having fun. I
3: looked, Hanging up your out. Bio. looked up your bio. You wrote for that magazine or something, didn't you?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I've uh, I actually edited a few dental journals, and I was on the board of the, yeah. believe it or not, the big one, Journal of the American Dental Association for many years. So, you know, I
3: still like a uh, great articulator it kind of fits you.
1: Yeah, good point. Yeah, I did edit a publication <laughs> called The Articulator.
3: Yes. And, uh, it all goes together, whiz. doesn't it? I was going to say, gee whiz, I'm glad to see the beebe is still alive.
1: Yeah, man, that was whiplash.
0: So. <laughs> Golly. <Yeah. laughs>
3: and, anyway, uh, just on a lighter side, how conversations kind of... Get together. You were talking about uh, Hanoi Jane before Jane Fonda. Yeah, yeah. She did. A, she did have at least one daughter, Bridget uh,
1: Fonda. You know, actress. you're right. Is that actually Jane's daughter? No, no, no. I, that's, I believe that's, so. That's not Jane's daughter. That is um, Peter Fonda's daughter. Oh, oh. And well, how kinda, do I know that? Connects. Is that Bridget Fonda used to date Dwight Yoakam, and Yoakam really? is like one of my favorite country crooners actually my favorite he's the best and he Mm -hmm. was dating Bridget Fonda back in the day and I was like oh is that related to Jane no it's related to Peter who is the
3: she's her her niece
1: easy writer guy right she's her niece yeah
3: and um, she was in a movie called uh, Point of No Return which was a remake of a foreign film La Femme Nikita I don't know if you ever heard of either
1: one of those I know La Femme Nikita and you're right. saying Bridget was in that?
3: A remake of it called Point of No Return. Same story, just in English.
1: Yeah, but actually, real yeah. quick, before we talk more about Jane Fonda, you gotta hear what Jane Fonda was just saying this weekend. Uh, yeah. Listen to this one.
4: You can take anything, sexism, racism, misogyny, homophobia, whatever, the war, and if you really get into it and study it and learn about it and the history of it, and the, everything's connected. There'd be no climate crisis if it wasn't
1: for racism. So she said, "There'd be no climate crisis if it wasn't for racism." Jane Fonda, genius of Hollywood. Yeah, be no climate crisis
3: if it wasn't for homophobia. I don't get the connection, but she's on a different plane, I guess, than the rest of us. Yeah. But um, and just um, by the way, real quick, quick question:
1: I had somebody check in and say, you know, when they heard me playing the Jane Fonda clip earlier, they said, you know, it kind of sounded like Hillary Clinton. And uh and my response was um, yeah, but I don't think anybody would buy exercise videos of Hillary Clinton. But am I wrong on that? Like, well, it
3: was a long time ago. If, until... if,
1: if Hillary Clinton did exercise videos, would people buy the buy the uh the VCR?
3: Well, I'm sure there's some <laughs> the people blue out there, you know, You know <laughs> a lot of weird people in the world, but uh, also uh jane fonda i mean uh bridget fonda was in jackie brown which you also spoke about
1: right okay jackie uh, I've, brown i've never
3: seen that i never saw that but i know she played i saw a film cook. she played like a uh couch potato stoner something like that
1: yeah and it's been a while uh you know who was in jackie brown that played the lead role was a woman from denver and i can't remember her name no um, African American woman, great actress hmm. from from right here in Denver. Oh, like like uh, uh, Pam Greer. Yeah,
3: something like yeah, that? that's yeah, the one. Yeah, Pam yeah, Greer. She was she was in a few of those movies in the seventies too.
1: Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. we're saying uh, a big R.I.P. to Richard Roundtree tonight. Did you ever see Shaft? You, you ever heard of that one? It
3: in the theater back in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know the leather jacket and the, some of those '70s movies were tough, man. I mean, that was yeah, when we Super had Superfly and those guys, Charles Bronson doing his thing oh, yeah. and Dirty yeah, Harry yeah. and Shaft,
3: uh, right? Yeah, that was a good decade for movies. I, you know, I'm, I'm a—that's um, all I watch. Actually, I watch retro movies. No kidding. I don't watch. It yeah, I got, a, I got a couple of channels I can see them. A lot of Charles Bronson, Clint Eastwood. You know what? I just got. He,
1: uh, is I, I got the whole DVD set of the Rockford Files with James Garner. Did you oh, ever watch that TV yeah.
3: show? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. yeah. Yeah, it's
1: still and on. And I uh, haven't opened it yet, but I retro. thought, sometimes you got to have some Rockford Files, right? Wasn't yeah, that show yeah. cool?
3: Yeah, I was one of the ones I liked a lot of those from the 70s. And, yeah. And that's pretty much what I watch now. <laughs> you know, like older movies, like even uh, like Kirk Douglas and... Uh, Edward G Robinson and Humphrey Bogart, and those guys. That's pretty much all I watch.
1: Classic Hollywood. Classic yeah. Hollywood, which is hard to yeah. improve upon. You know, Yeah, it's... and they
3: kept their mouths shut, too. You, <laughs> you
1: know, know, they about... did their thing and they I don't yeah. know, these days everything has gotten wokeified, right?
3: Yeah, it's, I can't I can't watch any I haven't been to the theater in at least a decade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you you've missed a lot of woke Disney movies, Peter, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Oh, well, dear Lord to Heaven. Well, yeah. hey Peter, thank you for checking yes, in. And okay, man, uh was strolling down Jane Fonda lane there a little bit. So uh, <laughs> okay. all the you best, sir. It, yep. And let's keep on talking. And uh we've got uh, Dave and Centennial. Dave, welcome. Matt, how are you doing? Hey, real fine. Glad you're here.
5: Great show. Yes, yeah, thank you. Um have you heard anything – I heard some chatter this week from different uh, areas that uh, the FBI had Mark Meadows uh, yeah. Bug in the White House. Yeah. Is there any validity to that?
1: Zero. And um, actually, I was going to get to that topic tonight that Mark Meadows was accused of wearing a wire. And this is a story that was produced by Ryan Fournier, F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R, has a large Twitter following. He's a very MAGA, pro-Trump commentator, young guy. And he was saying that, oh, he's been hearing from reliable sources that Mark Meadows had worn a wire on behalf of the FBI and is going to turn on Trump, and really is committing treason by turning on Trump. He put that out there, and um, I thought, that doesn't sound right. And then I was did a little research into it. Sundance, the conservative treehouse, a few other very smart people out there said, nope, that is not true. All that is is an effort by uh, Jack Smith, the guy, the crazed, deranged prosecutor going after Trump, to try to get Trump to start bad-mouthing Meadows so they can reinstitute the gag order against Trump, which just got lifted. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, now that makes more sense. And then sure, the next day, Ryan Fournier retracted that story entirely, 100%. Wow. And he came wow. out saying that, oh, wow, I guess uh, I got played. I guess I need to open my eyes to some of the, quote, dark forces that are going on out there in the media. And he did finger... The original source of these claims is his conversations with former Representative Mark Walker, who's a Republican. So you have to understand this, Dave, on this kind of stuff, is that, again, this is deep state kind of stuff. These are the games that they play where they try to plant these phony leaks and then get it into certain sources to try to bait and goad the responses they want to get people like Jack Smith to get to be able to do what he wants to do. Anyway, this one was blown sky high, and people saw through it from the start. But it's a sure. fascinating example of how politics works in this country and the underhanded stuff that is done from the amoral people that inhabit the deep state and the beltway. Anyway, that's my answer, Dave. Super.
5: What's the name of your um, new office there at uh, Holly? and? Uh, oh, I don't want to go
1: into it too far, but, uh, but, uh, but it's look-upable on Google. At least it should be. Any any minute now, but uh, but uh, you'd you'd be most invited. to Hang out over there; is it's it, a is great it, crowd. Uh, Matt, is it Matt? Doctor Matt Dunn, or is right? It, uh, under exactly. name? Yeah. Nope. That that's it. And there's there's going to be a few you of us in there. You must few, be over in there, Perry's Pizza. Uh, I don't know Perry's Pizza, but in uh, that same building there. But yeah, close clean? to Holly and Arapahoe. Yeah. And uh okay. and that's these are the hoods that I grew up in around this, and so I I know every inch of, of this area, may I say.
0: Super. Super. I'll look you up, Doc. Thanks oh, you July. bet. Great We'd be go.
1: most honored, Dave. You bet. Thank you for checking in, sir. And do we have time yeah, we have time to say hello to the great American Eric. We've been texting back and forth all night. How are you, sir? Hey, you great American. You know, Matt, Premier Members
5: uh, Credit Union's over there in Holly and Arapahoe. Huh.
1: My credit union. Oh, Premier okay. Premier Members. Okay, it's probably over there uh, in that shopping center thing area. Yes, yeah. to the
5: right. I'm yeah. A, yeah. I'm a, it's a, well, it's kind of hidden. It's beautiful. You'll love it.
1: Yeah, right Maybe on. You can
5: take your dentist money over there, and I could you know borrow some of your money you know, with interest.
1: Oh yeah, well, but uh, might be the I other way around. around. You know, you you might you <laughs> might need to help me out.
5: <laughs> you know, all you got to do is say, "Ah, uh, when when Matt Dunn speaks, people listen," just like E. F. Hutton. <laughs> but you don't like telling, Samuel L. Jackson, is that true? Great American. I, I was I was telling the great Blakey Blake Blake. That um, no anybody that bashes Trump, I'm done. Yeah, you know, Whoopi, Oprah, uh, I can go on and on and on and on. Uh, Jamie Foxx, he could go. You know, I'm speaking of all the black folks that dogs Trump.
1: Yeah, now she tell me one thing, 20, great American. You know, did you yes, ever sir. did you ever see Shaft? You know, Richard Roundtree. Did you ever see that film back in the seventies? Yeah, Might be before your that, time. No, remember that song, John Shaft. Yeah, here it is. Let's play it. And I've got it right here. Okay. L- listen, listen <laughs> to it with me. Who's the cat that won't cop out when there's danger all about? Shaft. Right on. You say this cat has a bad must. Shut your mouth. I'm talking about Shaft. Then we can. There we go. I just, I just brought in a brief little clip of that, but doesn't that bring back uh, memories? Great American. Didn't. Didn't Barry White sing that? I don't that think so. Be- oh, well, who, who did? I thought Barry White. You know what? We're gonna have to. Can you look that up, Blake? Who who sang the Shaft <laughs> theme song? Because I, uh, it was I mean, Barry that, that's, White with that deep voice. <laughs> uh, it is. It's oh, Barry. I, it's Isaac Hayes. Oh, Isaac Hayes says, Bruce. "That's I thought right." Wrong. Let me look.
2: Let me look. Isaac. Yeah, yeah.
1: Th- that's right. Yep. Yeah. And speaking of R.I.P.s, Tina Turner passed away a little while back, which was yeah, a sad she, news. A citizen of Switzerland. Yeah, she. My
5: goodness gracious. Wasn't she married Parolean to Isaac Hayes? Hayes?
1: She was married to Isaac Hayes, right? Am I getting that right? They. I don't think so. Pam
5: Greer did a movie with. Oh, Ike. Uh, Isaac no, Hayes. Ike,
1: not Isaac. Ike. All right. Yeah. Boy, I'm just he, whiffing it tonight. I'm. <laughs> <laughs>
5: He used to beat her up a lot. Annie, yeah. Annie May, I think her name was her real name. Hmm. Ellie Tina Turner, May something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Her, yeah. Her, her real name was Ellie May. Annie Mae Something yeah. May. You Mad know, Max Beyond
1: Thunderdome. That was that yes. was one of the key ones.
5: Oh my God! But uh, them pair of legs that she had on her. woo wee! But back to politics, young man. Before I lose my chain of thought, because I texted you and told you I was hot as fish grease, and yes. I'm still hot. Oh, Matt. Yes. That now that we got Johnson, I like him a lot. The speaker. Good. We need to we need to go after that black dude, Jamal Bowman, that idiot that pulled that fire alarm to disturb, you know,
1: the the, the, goings on in the Capitol building. Did you see that he also they they released more video? That he pulled down a bunch of signs around that room that said, you yes. know, don't pull the fire. He pulled the signs down, and then he pulled the fire alarm. Yes. And he had said, "Well, I didn't know that uh, that was going to make a noise." <laughs> oh my God! So, Nancy
5: Pelosi probably put him
1: up to do that.
5: Makes you wonder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's a thousand bucks in your back back butt pocket, and then go do what I say, do.
1: Buddy. Yeah, and he's he's gonna and- not get. You like too much sanction. I mean, he disrupted it. was like an insurrection, right? Great America. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. And yeah.
5: And then, you know, the people that disturb the Capitol, just like the j Sixers. I mean, they're sweeping that under the rug. And that's what Johnson needs to talk to Sean Hannity about, Dr. Dunn. Mm. Yeah. You know, what goes with the goings on here in the United States, because them got, I think that um, with all the footage that's coming out that Tucker... Uh, Carson I mean, you know, I asked Carlson and then they're talking a lot about uh the judge reviewing the J Sixters that were in the Capitol. Yeah. And about you know, it's it seems like um
1: that that's gonna be overturned. Well McCarthy... And yeah, McCarthy's been dropping the ball on that to get the footage out there all this time. But yeah, you know if Mike Johnson it, gets that footage out there, man, I I'm in his fan club.
5: And George Floyd, his uh, that cop dude, um, oh,
1: D- Derek Chauvin. Goodness. Derek
5: Chauvin. Yes. Yeah. I hear some hubbub about he might get, be getting out because he didn't cause George Floyd's death. That
1: fit and all did. Well, Tucker Carlson did a whole interview on that and said that um, that George Floyd story was not actually true. I, n- oh, I haven't yes. actually watched that yet, but uh, that was created some ripples yeah, there.
5: It, pr- yes, sir. And then that's why they don't want Trump back in the White House. But yeah. that's my dream, big baby. To get Trump back, in, back there. in there? Yeah. Oh my
1: God! Imagine yeah, yeah. a great economy and a great foreign policy and peace on earth and all that stuff. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders as his running mate—that's real <laughs> from an Arkansas. Yeah, uh, well, she is
5: doing. She she, she kicked out them uh, China people that bought up that that line. That oh, she some did some kind do that. Of a farm, yeah. Right,
1: Arkansas she, made some kind uh, of a law about uh, foreign nationals buying land in Arkansas. Oh. Guess what, great American? We're running way wait. past a break. Are okay. we not? Are we Much not? Love. I, I would love to keep on going. Okay. Hey, great American! Keep keep close. Keep those texts flying in. We love to yeah, hear sir. your voice. And uh, it's Mad done. Love Dunn. them kids oh. and your wife. <laughs> we'll, okay, keep we'll them high for them. Thank, yep. Okay, bye. Thank you, sir. Bye. Matt and for Randy Corbin. We'll be back in a flash. Sometimes you need a little Bob Singer. The night moves Seeger. Did I say Singer? Hey, Matt Don here. Honored to be filling in for my brother Randy Corporan this evening. Like I said, he and I go way back. We've been stirring up a lot of trouble together over the years. And we tend to have a pretty darned equivalent America First kind of viewpoint. And uh, just love it when we get a chance to chat and hang out a little bit. And our thoughts are with him and, and his family at this point in time, of course. And as that snow has fallen, the first snowfall, I thought, little some of the cozy music, some of the fireplace music, and Bob Singer, <clears throat> Bob Seeger fits that to a T. If you want my opinion, I'll be back tomorrow night, Backbone Radio, four to seven p.m. I am looking forward to being back in here. I'll have a whole fresh slate of stuff to be talking about, and maybe, and I'm leaving huge amounts of stuff unsaid tonight. So many wonderful callers and, my gosh, dozens upon dozens of text to the studio. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for lending your ears to this program. We just do everything we can to keep that truth out. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We're just trying to call it like we see it and put this country first and get this place back, the place we love and cherish. And I have this one this one thing. I, I, I'll play this. I will do it tomorrow night, too, but... Judy Dench, the Shakespearean actress, the great dame Judy Dench from England. She went on, a, she's written a book about um her life and her interactions with Shakespeare and how Shakespeare and her acting and theater and film have shaped her and what she thinks of Shakespeare. And by gosh, she went on this uh this television program in England. Um and she, she just recited a Shakespearean sonnet. It's the Graham Norton Show. And I thought, these are glimpses of the high culture, of the old culture, that are so refreshing in this fallen civilization, this shabby civilization we are now inhabiting. And why don't we just hear a little bit of this? Judy Dench, give us some Shakespeare in this moment, if you would, as the snow falls on us by the fireside here in Colorado. If, I mean, if I poke you with a stick, can you just do a bit of Shakespeare for us?
4: If you, if you what, with a stick? <laughs> touch I'll poke you, you with a stick. Touch <laughs> you gently.
1: If I touch you gently with a stick, could you do a little bit for us?
4: Like what? I, I don't know, like a, a bit of a play or a sonnet? or a w- sonnet? W- a sonnet? A sonnet? I'll do a sonnet. It's like you're having a Shakespeare jukebox.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um,
4: when in disgrace with fortune and men's eyes... I all alone beweep my outcast state and trouble death heaven with my bootless cries and look upon myself and curse my fate wishing me like to one more rich in hope featured like him, like him with friends possessed desiring this man's art and that man's scope with what I most enjoy contented least Yet in these thoughts myself almost despising Happily I think on thee And then my state Like to the lark at break of day arising From sullen earth Sings hymns at heaven's gate For thy sweet love remembered Such wealth brings That then I scorn to change my state with king's
1: Wow. Yeah, Dame Judi Dench. Just, you know, you can poke her with a stick, said that host of that program, and she can just recite Shakespeare on you. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. And I still remember when I first saw Kenneth Branagh's Henry V movie, when that came out and Judi Dench was in that. And oh, man, that was a revelation to see what what those British actors from the Royal Shakespearean Theater could could do, and what they can do with those lines, it is uh, it is high culture, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, yeah, you, do, do, you, do you ever sense that we're not quite we're not quite what we once were? Do you ever do you ever get that feeling? I know I do once in a while. Do we have the outro music? Are we are we about out? And so yeah, I might as well go out on a Shakespearean sonnet. I'll be back tomorrow, 4 to 7 p.m. Matt Dunn signing off for Randy Corporan. Blake, thanks for the masterful work back there.